this time next Sunday, we'll be stuffing our faces uh, and, and doing our best to not ugly cry. And so I'm looking forward to spending time with you guys with a tent next Sunday. We'll have the tent set up and we'll eat out there. Make sure to bring food for yourself and some extra for some friends. And uh, this is a, I, I find it a joy to have a conversation with these guys. And so I'd like to kind of do this as conversation style and let it kind of as if it were you guys to listen in on a conversation. I found sometimes that you can get, and, and I, one of the things I, I enjoy is the opportunity to have conversations with these guys, Brother Eric as well. Uh, when we have pastoral staff meetings, uh, we always schedule them for less than one hour. They almost always go almost two hours. Um, and our pastoral staff meetings really become enjoyable times together. Uh, we're able to have conversation on a level uh, that's not normal. I don't think it's normal um, because of we have commonality in many different areas. Uh, just was speaking to Phil just a moment ago about in his transition to Brisbane. Uh, because my independent Baptist brethren like to have labels and numbers, that he will most likely be around those who are going to be afraid of the readers that he's been reading after. And uh, they would then label me as a five-point Calvinist. Um, for those of you that are familiar with the terms, I'll just put your heart at ease. I'm not a five-point Calvinist. I'm a 2.5-point Calvinist. In other words, I ascribe to almost half of what they say. I love the parts where they love the Lord, and I, lo- and I despise the parts where they push people away. And so those are the sort of the, the terms there. But being able to just say 2.5, he can grab that and run with it, and I, I know that he understands. If you don't know what I'm talking about, live free and love the brethren, and don't worry about what it was. Uh, you, are, you, you will have the, the freedom of knowing that you love the Lord Jesus. That's the important part. So I'm going to dive right into the questions for these guys, and some of them they'll address here, and some of them they'll address to you. If you have a question you want to follow up on uh, something that they say, feel free to throw your hand way high so that we'll see you and, and be able to include you in the conversation. But I'll just go ahead and jump in. I've got a couple of questions that I've scripted for them, and, uh, and so I'd like to ask both of them this question. Uh, so we're talking about the idea of transitioning. And right now in the culture, uh, in the Western world, the word transitioning has a whole different meaning. We'll toss that out the window. Um, but this is the idea being leaving from one ministry and going into another ministry uh, or another portion of life. You're going from one portion of life or making a major life transition. So that's what I'm talking about. Uh, and so I'd like to ask each of these guys if they could just tell us a little bit about the transition that you have done or the transition that you are doing uh, and perhaps it would be helpful for our church to know a little bit about where you were and where you've been going, or where you are going. So, so my transition um, there, I, I will say this, there are, there are tr- uh, planned transitions and unplanned transitions. And uh, obviously the unplanned ones, Brother Phil was explaining about one, it looked like it would go one way and it didn't. Um, after a lot of years of ministry in the U.S. and the same church, um, the Lord led our hearts, not just us, but our hearts to PNG um, in 2005. And we, we came, we finally arrived here in 2008 after the transition at our church. The transition for our church to me was very important. Um, I've seen, I wouldn't even want to put a percentage, it's very high failed transitions in churches 
where a pastor will suddenly say, God's called me to go somewhere else, and he leaves. Um, and then there, it leaves behind a lot of people who are like, who's going to be our pastor? How's this going to work? Hmm. And uh, we didn't want that. I didn't want that for our church. And so we took a period of months to do that transition. Um, we did not have somebody in the church like I had been who could become senior pastor. And so we had to find, we had to do a search. How do you do a search? How do you find somebody that fits? Um, but that said, we did that. Um, and then mom and I came here. My wife has had health problems throughout her life. In 1999, God was gracious and gave her a doctor who found one of her major problems and she was healed and became extremely like well. And 99, I became pastor in 2001. We came to the field 2008. Her illness returned at the end of 2015, beginning of 2016, and has increased. That period when from about 2000 to 2015, we had a whole different life. It was wide open. Um, she began Kunai Health Center. But when, you know, and we were doing ministry in the village and living in the village was just fine. But the unplanned part is when health comes in or age comes in and you don't, you didn't see this one coming and you're forced to make decisions that you don't expect to have to make. I say this to all of you who are older, there are going to be changes in seasons in your life. There's the transition when um, you first get married and you have no children. Then there's the transition with the children. Then there's a transition as those children get older because you have to deal with them differently. And then when they move out of the house, there's a the transition. Then there's the boo-boos. But along the way, you've got other kinds of transitions that happen. And your life will never be the same. It will, there will be change. Sometimes you're like, praise God, it's going to change. Um, but it, I say this just about transitions. They will come, and they are all ordained of the Lord. Amen. And since a transition is ordained of God, you're following the Lord, you're doing his will. Brother Phil was like, those points were just so spot on. You just do God's will. And when it comes, you don't fight it. You, 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 as long as you're like, is this really, Brother Phil said, is this really what you want me to do? When that transition comes, find the will of God, the same as you have every time, and say, what is this new season of life or this new position? What does this mean? And you'll find God is, has, will be with you just as he has been with you in all the other transitions. Um, yeah, a lot along the lines of what Papa John said there. I think our lives are consistently changing, and I think that's a good thing. Um, and maybe that's somewhere we'll go a bit later. But uh, for us right now, we are transitioning from, from our time here in PNG back to Australia. And to put that in perspective, we had never intended on that. Um, my plan was to stay here until Pastor Matt dies. <laughs> Waiting your turn, huh? I'm, I'm <laughs> not going to. So um, I've said to my family all along, I will live to 100, and I don't think he will. So. No, I don't think uh, so. <laughs> I'll go be with Jesus, which is much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Papa John said, we, we have changes constantly through our lives, and some of those are big changes. Um, you know, many of you are coming to the end of high school or coming to the end of university, or you're changing from being single to, to being married, or you've just changed. Um, and in those moments, there, there are points where 
we need to consider right what what does change in this the one thing that doesn't change is who god is and how god loves us and what god expects of us um so yeah the the question i guess is what transitions are happening and for us right now that's the change from from being here and being part of this body to moving to australia and being part of another body i picked up on something that uh dad you said about uh, when you made the transition from being a pastor that you, you were careful to take the time to do that? Do you want to speak to maybe uh, the fact that when you, while you transition, other people are having to be adjust to that transition? Yeah, you, uh, the, the old saying is, no man is an island. Um, that's an encouragement, can I just say, on one side for you to live a holy and godly life because you impact your family, but you also impact outside of your family. But then, too, when you're making decisions, you need to make your decisions in the will of God. Because if you're making a wrong decision, you're going to be impacting people all around you. You're like, oh, I don't have a sphere of influence like, like Brother Phil does. Actually, you have a larger one than you realize. And you need to, you need to think that through. God, I want to be in your will because I don't want this to affect. When, when the Lord put it on mom and my heart to come here, there was no question in our minds that's what we, we, sh- we should do. I did only question God, what about these, your sheep? Because I loved our church. I still love our church um, back in the States. And Lord, are you going to give us? And I, and I had the peace in my heart that God was going to supply a shepherd. Um, and, and otherwise, I could not have moved ahead. I would have said, God, why is this crazy idea? I don't know how to ask this question, so I've just kind of given an idea and then see if you guys want to play off of this. Uh, several years ago, I met a guy by the name of Jake Taube. Jake was a missionary in China, um, doing a fantastic job. It started several churches in China, and then, of course, everything he was doing, pastoral ministry work, was completely illegal. Um, and then the, the Chinese government found what he was doing, and within a matter of days, he'd been deported out of the country. Uh, he tried to change his identity, grew a great big beard, funny glasses, and uh, legally changed his name and showed back up in China, and they got him off of the airplane and took him back out again. Um, he absolutely wanted to be in China, and he'd been doing a very good job. Uh, that said, uh, I heard an interview done with him where uh, they, they expelled him from the country for five years. He went to Taiwan and started a work in Taiwan. And there in that first year, I heard an interview done with him, and somebody asked him, uh, in five years, do you plan to go back to China? And it seems like on the outset of that, the, the heart's desire would be to go back. And he made this statement, and this is, this is something that has rung in my ears, and I've seen this with my own transition, Cody Donga, to here. He said, in five years, I don't know what God's going to be doing with me in Taiwan. And I don't know what that's going to look like then. I know for myself, when I transitioned from Kodidanga to here, my initial plan was, every couple of months, I'm going to be back. We went in May. It had been years since I'd crossed that mountain. Um, I think the time before that, I crossed the mountain with Phil. We went up to work on a radio tower. Um, And I think our church here totally would understand 
the loss that would happen here if I was constantly pulled to that. Um, do you want to speak to that? I think both of you, in doing that transition and the, the newfound love where you're at, is there anything wrong with falling in love with the place that you're at and the people you're with? I think there are seasons in uh, our lives in general. I also think there are seasons in our growth uh, in ministry and, and as believers. Uh, the other night I was at a farewell dinner with, with Malong and Eric uh, for us going back to Australia and someone said something to me at the end and they said uh, all good things must come to an end. And as he said it, I thought, I've heard that saying a million times, but I thought about it from the context of being a believer. Is that how it really works? All good things must come to an end. Well, did the good thing end? That's my first question. Uh, Or has something better begun? The case being with LCR and with the company there, I had 10 years. My role was to build that business, to train people up, and then to hand the business over to them. There was a natural time where that was going to come to an end. I could have drawn it out for 100 years for my whole life. Um, But in order for it to become something better, the good thing needed to end because now it can be better. Same thing applies, I think, within ministry. There's a point where God uses us within a specific ministry to lead, to train, to mentor, to to nurture. But then there's a point where even for within ourselves, we need to move so that he can continue to grow us. But we also need to move so that he continue to grow that ministry, whether it's a a church in Kodidanga or whether it's a church in America or... <clears throat> something else. So I can't remember what your question was because um, <laughs> it wasn't a question, it was a paragraph. Um, so I think that we, the change is good. The change is good for us. The change is also good for the body. And yes, while there's a period of hurt and there's a period of loss and we go through that almost that cycle of mourning, it's needed. You need to continue to grow. And and I might say that the person that you were teaching in Koridanga is different to the person you are teaching now. You study different, you present different, you do things differently. And the the growth that has occurred uh, in your time here is different to the growth that occurred there. Yeah. Uh, and the same for us, you know, as we left the military and as we came into PNG, God used us in, in a specific way within, within Shalom, and then he transitioned us to, to this church, and he started us at a point where we were growing with the church, and that was mm. exciting for us to watch. My, my development as a believer and my involvement with the body grew as we came across that time. But there's always going to be those moments of change, and I think those moments of change are important. As I step away, it's opportunity for somebody else to step in. 
As Pastor Matt stepped away from Koridanga, it was the opportunity for Ben to take over more of, of that yeah. ministry. As you stepped away from, from your ministry in, in the States and moved to PNG, it was opportunity for someone else to step into that ministry and to grow and, and to develop. The only thing I, I would add is in those unplanned changes, um, you never, yeah, the, it's, it's like not the end of an era. I, Os Place Trublamy is New England, the United States. I will always be a, a son of New England. I mean, the Revolutionary War, wearing funny hats, Pilgrims, and my last place, Landblumy Street. Um, and I've lived in different places around the world, but that's always going to be home. And when I go there, I feel like I'm home. But when we went back to Kodidanga uh, earlier this year, as soon as I got off the airplane, I smelled the smell, felt the cold wind in my face, and I said, I'm home. That place is home. And, but when we, Mom and I, left Kodidanga, we thought no place could ever be home again. That was how we felt for months. Even when we came here, we came here, we were greatly loved, but we did not feel like this would be home, and now it's home. Um, so for the person in transition, it's a difficult thing for you to transition. Um, you may be longing for that other thing, um, but you find it's a new thing, and in, for that new season of life, God has a new purpose. So when you're looking to add... I don't think anybody looks forward to a transition, but while you're making that transition, uh, what are some of the things that you're considering while you're making the transition? I'll make it short and give it to Phil. I want to love God as more than I've ever loved him before. I want to serve him more than I've ever served him before. I realize at my age, if Jesus doesn't come first, and that would be great if he did, but I, I will not get stronger physically. I will get weaker, and I've watched other brothers in the faith, advanced years ahead of me, lose some of their abilities. And I'm praying. I I am shooting for 100, Phil. Thank you. Uh, I'll settle for 95, but I'm shooting for 100, so I've still got quite a while yet. Um, but, But I know there will be a day that I won't read as well. I won't think as well. I won't be able to walk as well. And the closer you get to that, I have to resign myself in Christ, not to be bitter about it, but that to use it. And so just to give you an example right now, I think I pray more now than I ever have in my life because there may be a time when that's all I can do. But that's a transition. Um, But all of it, serving Christ with all your heart, wherever you are, whenever you are. And and I think... There needs to be deliberate thought that goes into that, that change. Um, we know that change is coming. We, we know that in our lives change will, will occur. So thinking about that early on and going, right, well, when change does occur, how will I react? Am I going to glorify God in that? Or am I seeking my own will in that um, you know for us this this move back to Australia um, we've had some time to, to think about it and to, to plan for it and and to seek counsel in it um, and it's very much from the outset what is going to glorify God the most in this um, 
as I go back to Australia, my desire is to serve God. When I get back to Australia, I have to have a job. I've got to be able to put food on the table for the family. But my desire is to serve God. So I need to find a job that is going to enable me to do that. So plenty of job opportunities came up. But the only one that came up that was going to enable me to do exactly that, we feel that we're called back to our church in Brisbane, the only one that was going to enable me to do that was not one that I would have chosen. And if there's people at work listening to this, I love you and I'm not trying to offend you, but (laughs) it is not the one that I naturally would have chosen. It is not the one that had the highest paycheck. It is not the one that looks the best. The title isn't the best title. And I had to, to, to review a number of times and go back, well, what is it that is going to glorify God? What is it that God has called me to do? He's called me to serve him. And I believe he's called me to serve him in the church there in Brisbane. So then I need to line up everything else to support that. So then it becomes a process of thinking about everything else, doesn't it? It's not just a moving back to Australia. I hope it works out. It's a moving back to Australia. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to glorify God with my life there. So what are the other things that I need to eliminate and what are the things that I need to prepare for as I do that? I hope you hear what he just said because the, any of you that are making any transition anywhere where you're going to move, you put your priority on the church you will be in with your family. And I want, I want you to hear the words Phil said, the church you will serve in. If you are attending church and you just warm one of these seat cushions, you're not in the will of God. You should be here and be doing something here. And then wherever God sends you, first question, where am I going to put my family in church? And that before you even make that decision, contact people and say, uh, we're, I have this job offer. I have this opportunity to move to Popendetta or Vanimo or wherever or overseas, there's got to be a place for you not to watch it on TV, on the internet, on your phone, a place where you can plug in and you can worship with brothers and sisters and be strengthened. That's huge. church, Church isn't like a sport where we have people who are waiting in the weeks as substitutes. Every single one of you in here, God has a plan for you within this body to be part of this body to edify and to glorify him from within this body. Uh, Matt and I have talked about this many, many times. The job that I have here in PNG was the vehicle for me to serve God in this ministry. Ministry was the priority and is the priority. The job just enabled me to do that. Same thing applies when I go back to Australia. The job enables me to glorify God. Same thing applies for you. The job that you have, the life that you have, should be enabling you to glorify God, to serve within this body better. If it's not, then maybe you need to step back and go, well, hang on a second. Is the job that I'm doing taking me away from God's people? Yeah, I'm getting a great paycheck. 
yeah, I'm, I'm able to do all of these things and fulfill all of these dreams, and, and yeah, I've got a great title, but is it allowing you to serve within the body? If it's not, have a look at it. So on the back of that, what about uh, common pitfalls that you've seen? Maybe you've seen other people do, or maybe you've stumbled across yourself. Any common pitfalls in a transition that you... And feel free to stay right there in that same vein if you'd like. The obvious thing is just choosing it because it makes money or that we want to go live there. And I watch these people. I, I can name, I have people coming through my mind right now. They're divorced. Their kids went to the world because they took the job and they went someplace else. And whoop, out that went and out that went. I also have in my mind uh, one dear family friends. They... they they took a job and took the move because they had a good church where they were. Mm -hmm. And their children are all thriving and their marriage is still doing well. And that's, I cannot tell you how important that is. Just Amen. the church, a good, solid, preaching, teaching, serving church, is, it, it's very important for your family. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And maybe I'll speak to two groups of people here. First, I'll speak to the boo-boos. Yeah. To the older people, Jerry, you don't quite fit in that category. Not yet. <laughs> often, and I see this in Australia, and we see it in America, and we, we see it here in PNG. Often we get to the older generations of our lives where we're retiring from work. I've saved up all my money, I've, I've, I've got everything's there, and now I'm just going to retire back to, in this case, living in the village. Or in Australia, finding that home out in the country somewhere and often those places take us away from the body they take us away from from the church that that we've been involved in older people you have an incredible responsibility in this church you have an incredible role to play in this church just because you're older doesn't mean it stops and don't stop serving god just because i've retired from work the amount of mentoring you could do in this, this body is huge. And then for you younger people, that, the biggest transition for you that you're coming towards right now is that, that move from school to whatever's next, whether that's university or whether that's getting a job or whatever that's next. Let me be as clear as I can in this. High school uses up your time frame from like when you get up in the morning and you grumble at your parents because they made you throw some books in a bag and walk out the door and then you come home and it's like I've maybe got a little bit of bit of school to do and then you transition into university and all of a sudden the amount of workload that you have just went through the through the roof and the two things that we drop away and the two things that we have seen drop away so often is your time with God and your time with the body both of them will destroy you. Yeah? Just because you're at university and you have huge amounts of study to do and you've got exams to do doesn't mean, well, I think that God has given me the time to just pull away from that. And I'll come back to church later on. You need to spend more time in the Word of God and you need to spend more time with godly counsel. Yeah? So don't pull away. Same thing applies when you finish with university and you're going into a job. How often I see people leave university and they get a job that now pulls them away from church. 
I just need a job. If you are faithful and you are consistent and you are walking with God, God will provide you with a job that allows you to spend time with the body. Yeah? It might mean you have to say no. It might mean that you don't get the title. It might mean that it doesn't look as great on your CV. But in the end, you're doing what's important. That's drawing closer to God, increasing in your relationship with God, and edifying the body. I'd like to just make mention of one of the things that uh, Phil said earlier. He he made mention of uh, with a transition that quite often there is a season of mourning. We lament that that that's the feeling. And I think these guys would say, yeah, there's nothing wrong with when you see the transition is coming, there's nothing wrong with dreaming. What's coming? What's it going to look like? Talking about that with the family, there's nothing. You don't have to carry any kind of guilt over that. Um, But there is the mourning of we're moving away from this onto that. In order to be there, you're no longer here. It's just physics. And yet, what a great reminder that this life is temporal. And oh, how wonderful will be eternal. Uh, so thankful for that. I think I'm going to wrap up with a couple of rapid-fire questions for these guys. And so these might be a little bit lighter. Um, how about you? What have you guys got in terms of reading? Uh, I know that both of you are readers. Uh, is there a book maybe recently or you've looked back through your life, you say favorite book outside of the Bible? Obviously, your Bible is your most important, um, but uh, a book that you've read uh, that you think has, has been impactful. Early on for me, and, and I'll tell you a funny story about this book, um, Andrew Murray wrote a book like Christ. Hmm. Uh, it's probably 700 years old, I don't know. Um, I got that book in Bible school. Sarah and I both had a copy of that book. I stole Sarah's copy because I lost mine. Uh, but then I took that book and I spray painted the cover black, flat black, because I wanted to take it everywhere with me in my military gear and you couldn't have anything that was, was white. That book, like Christ, if you get a chance to read it, it's a good book. Uh, that book was instrumental in my understanding who I am as a believer and then understanding that process of being, becoming more like Christ. Um, and then most recently, the book that actually Pastor Matt gave to me a while ago, I've, I've now read it twice. It's full of lines and highlights, and that is uh, Lessons from the Upper Room, and it's by what's his Sinclair, name? Ferguson. Yeah, Sinclair Ferguson. Uh, and again, just a very, very good practical book uh, for us to read. I like a lot of, of his books. but never ask a guy who has a library in his house what his favorite book is because all I did was turn around and said you're all my friends they've asked me to pick (laughs) I I felt like I let 500 of them down uh, (laughs) Um, brother Phil's point this morning um, just it hit me I find this point he when he started it with you have to be close to God to know God's will. And I, I had picked three books this morning, and they're all titled about God. The number one that I think has influenced me the most in my young days was The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozier. Um, a very easy read, and it draws your heart to put God first in your life. The second one 
is a little bit more difficult to read. Mom spent a lot of money on this. She bought it for one kina at a book sale. <laughs> and that's only because there's like a billion copies out there. It's called Knowing God. Um, but this is the one by J.I. Packer, um, James Packer. Unbelievable. One of those books that I would read and then cry and then pray and repent and then read it again. And the third one, I actually had a copy on my that I would dare bring out of the house. The, notice the first one was the pursuit of God. The second one was knowing God. This one is the supremacy of God in preaching. And when I mentioned it to Brother Phil, he was like, that was a shift, one of those books. As a preacher of the word and a minister of the word, we have to understand God is first and foremost. Not my style, not my ability, not my, uh, my, my study or what I know about it. If God is not first and foremost in my preaching, if I'm not thinking of the cross when I'm bringing any message in any service or any devotional, I'm, my heart's not right. God has to be supreme. So anyway, that's my one, two, three books. Sorry to the... 573 other guys back there. <laughs> how about your first job, and how long were you there? My first job, uh, my first not real job, was sweeping the floors of, of the workshop in Goroka uh, for, I think, 25 toy an hour. I swept really slow. <laughs> I think you could make 50 toy in a weekend. <laughs> Um, but my first real job was once I moved back to Australia, I was a fencing contractor. So just working with barbed wire and star pickets. It's fun. How long did you do that? Too long. <laughs> uh, I did that, so I did that from when I left high school and we moved to Australia to when I went to Bible school. So it was probably six months. I used that to raise money to go to Bible school. Thanks. I worked in a, in a petrol station that did full service maintenance on on cars. I uh, did it for three years while I was in high school. One of the greatest experiences of my life in, in, in one of the most automobile cities in America, race cars, Daytona Beach, Florida. And that would be, someday ask me some stories. All I've got hot stories. Cars. Hot rods, race cars, everything. It was, okay, my blood's already pumping when I think of that. <laughs> Almost as excited as I get about books. Is your bed... Is your bed made right now? Yes. <laughs> it is. Okay, good. Out of everything, anything in Sarah knows this, that Sarah's the same. For both of us, one of our biggest pet peeves is an unmade bed. I cannot get through the day without a made bed. Could you go ahead and speak to us about that? Why is it, why is it so important? This, it's a big thing for me. It obviously is for you. It is for you because you said it so fast. Why is a, bed, a made bed such a big deal? I heard, I heard someone talk about this a long time ago, and I think I even preached on it once. It's about that one thing that you can do right first, and it starts the day on, on a right, right footing. Um, other than that, I just hate getting into an unmade bed. It's just something it feels different. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, at least when you look at the unmade bed, you're not sure who was in there last. Was it me or was it? Your, it's your first success of the day. You get up, you make the bed, and, and it says the rest of this day, God, I want my day to be organized. Yeah. And so that's what it is. So those of you that don't make your bed when you get up, make your bed. You're like, I just sleep on a mattress or I sleep on the floor. Straighten the soul, make it look nice, yeah. 
It takes and, and just to be completely transparent here, I don't make the bed in my house. Sarah makes the bed every day. But when I did live by myself and I was in the military, I made my bed. <laughs> it takes so little time. That's the way I see it. It takes so little time to set my day in, in the bed. Socks with sandals, yes or no? Do we even need to discuss this? <laughs> Seriously. That's a no. <laughs> no. No. I won't say. Any closing, challenging words for our church? I think it's the theme has come across, and so from from me, uh, know God first. Um, doesn't matter what point you are in your life, whether you're a, a young person sitting on the front row or whether you're an older person leaning to the side because you're falling asleep or, or whatever it is, um, our, our desire should be to glorify God in everything and to know God first. Same. Thank you, guys. I just close a uh, couple of things. I made mention at the beginning of the service about uh, youth Bible study on Friday night. I was mistaken, and I've been corrected. And so there is no youth Bible study on Friday night this week. Uh, However, there will be one-to-one on Saturday. So young people, one-to-one is on Saturday, not on Friday night, okay? And then uh, also a reminder that Brother Eric would like to meet with the youth leadership up here at the front. So if you're in youth leadership, minus Phil, uh, you guys are welcome to come and uh, meet up. It's a transition. (laughs) uh, Also, I'd like to close us in prayer. I'd like to thank the Lord for these guys. And, uh, and also, it came to my attention during the service, Paul and Naomi are not well this morning, so uh, I'll make mention of them in the prayer as well. Father, thank you for your goodness upon us, and thank you for the chance to sit and, and, and glean wisdom from years of experience as these men have spent time intentionally learning and knowing you. Uh, as Phil mentioned this morning, that experiential, I have spent time with the Lord and I know Him. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to do that. Great model we've had for the last seven years. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to take that knowledge, apply it, uh, use it in our lives. Thank you for the discussion that we've had this morning on making the transition, moving from one to the next the emphasis on the importance of finding a body to be a part of, uh, and then serving there when we get there and serving here until we go. And so, Lord, I pray that you would bless uh, these guys. Thank you for their investment. Then I pray also, Lord, for Paul and Naomi this morning not feeling well. Lord, you know uh, exactly what their need is. I pray for their health. And, Lord, we thank you for their faithfulness and the encouragement they are to our church body. Would you... uh, Put your hand of healing upon them and encouragement and comfort this morning. Lord, thank you for your goodness upon our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you guys.